Hello everyone, this is Chaplain Tricia, and I'm glad to be able to bring you worship for this fourth Sunday in Lent. We are continuing our journey, um, not only to the cross with our Lord, but again to the empty tomb. And as we continue to get ready to fully receive the light and joy of our Lord's resurrection again, um, we ask God to help us make sure that our hearts are, are truly open and ready to receive. And so we use the words for confession on page two in the worship bulletin. In the name of God, who makes a way in the wilderness, walks with us and guides us in our pilgrimage. Amen. We pause for a moment of silent reflection. Holy One, we confess that we have wandered far from you. We have not trusted your promises. We have ignored your prophets in our own day. We have squandered our inheritance of grace. We have failed to recognize you in our midst. Have mercy on us. Forgive us and turn us again to you. Teach us to follow in your ways. Assure us again of your love and help us to love our neighbor. Amen. Beloved in Christ, the word draws near to you, and all who call out to God shall be saved. In Jesus, God comes to you again and again and gathers you under wings of love. In Jesus' name, your sins are forgiven. God journeys with you and teaches you how to live in love. And indeed, it is wondrous that our God does teach us how to live in love for the sake of his son, Jesus Christ, and because of his amazing grace. That is our first hymn. On page three, we will use verses one, three, and five. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me when we've been there ten thousand years, 
bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all and also with you. During Lent, we are using the Kyrie. It's a word that means have mercy on us, Lord. And it is a, a sung prayer asking that as we are preparing ourselves through this Lenten season, that our sins will be washed away and that indeed God would create in us new hearts. Have mercy on us, Lord, and hear our solemn prayer. We come to hear your living word. It saves us from despair. Have mercy on us, Christ, and wash away our sin. Pour out your grace and make us whole that new life may begin. Have mercy on us, Lord. Make sin and shame depart. Renew us with your saving power. Create in us new hearts. We continue with the prayer of the day at the top of page five. The Lord be with you and also with you. We pray together, God of compassion, you welcome the wayward and you embrace us all with your mercy. By our baptism, clothe us with garments of your grace and feed us at the table of your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading is from Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth, where he uses this wonderful um, language of everything they being made new in Christ. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, 
and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Word of God, word of life, thanks be to God. As we prepare to hear our gospel, um, let us join in a responsive reading of our gospel acclamation at the top of page six. The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So the father divided his property between the two sons. A few days later, the younger son traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him, and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and he approached the house and heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. The slave replied, 
Your brother has come home and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then the elder son refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But the elder son answered his father, listen, for all these years, I've been working like a slave for you and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the cat of fat calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice. Because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The story of the prodigal son. We've heard it before. Not a bad choice for Lent. The son is discontent with life on the farm and so asked for his inheritance and left to explore the outside world, following the glimmer and glitter and enticement of worldly stuff. It seemed good at the beginning, doing what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. No rules, no responsibilities, party every night. But then it was over. His new friends left and he was hungry and cold. So he got a job slopping pigs. And one day in the midst of the monk of the sty, he looked around and realized he was far away from home, so far away from the life he wanted, and he wanted to go back. So he turned around and went back to his father, who welcomed him with open arms. A very good example for us Christians, it's, it's what we're supposed to be about during Lent, reflecting, realizing, and returning to God our Father. End of sermon. We can all leave now. But wait. We may think we know what the story is about. But let's look at another person in the story. The elder son. There he was. Sensible, hardworking, consistent, faithful. He helped run his father's farm, working from sunup to sundown. He had put a full day's work in the fields. He was sweaty and grimy and just wanted a hot bath and a hot meal. But as he approached the house, he heard music and laughter. What's going on here? One of the farmhands said, your younger brother is back. Your dad decided to have a party for him because he's back safe and sound. He had us butcher the best steer for the barbecue. What? The older son shouted. This is outrageous. No way am I going to that party. His father saw the older son tramping around to the back of the house. Come on in, son, and celebrate. Your brother's home. No way. That good-for-nothing took off, and meanwhile, who had to do the extra work? Feeding chickens, milking cows, slopping pigs? Me. 
I've been here working hard, respecting you, and not once did you even offer me one of the pigs so I could have a barbecue with my friends. I'm going to my room. We may think the prodigal son is the only one who wandered away in this story. But the older son had wandered away too, wandered emotionally. He had access to his father's love and grace and riches each and every day, but did not appreciate them, did not fully realize the goodness of the life he had with his father. Jesus wanted the Pharisees to get this point too, that they were the older brother trying to live by the rules, but they were missing out on God's extravagant love, God's extravagant grace. We miss that point too sometimes. We like to see ourselves as faithful and consistent, but we too can get wrapped up in the right and wrong. How many of us have considered it unfair when someone around us gets blessings and graces we feel they don't deserve because they haven't always done the right thing and we have? That's when we have distanced ourselves from God, unable to rejoice in God's goodness that is always ours for the asking, that is for God to give to all. And that leads us to the other person in this story, the father, the waiting father. The father doesn't stop his younger son from going into the world and seeking his own answers. God never restrains us or coerces us into staying. The father waited for his son to return, rushing to meet him, embracing him, celebrating that his son found his way back home. God does nothing less for us. Even though we leave God, God does not leave us. And when we finally turn around and come back, God is there, arms open, celebrating each time we return our hearts and our lives to him. The father threw a party of royal proportions the best food and drink and music and dancing to let everyone know his younger child was back and the older son was invited. The party God throws for us happens every time we gather for worship. The bread and the juice are the best food and drink we could ask for. The music is songs of thanksgiving. The dancing is a dance of joy by the hosts of heaven that we are in a right relationship with our God. This fourth week of Lent, if we have wandered away like the prodigal or the older son, may we turn back to the waiting, loving, gracious arms of God our Father to know forgiveness, mercy, healing, and peace. Amen. There is a wonderful hymn that reminds us that we are always being called back, always welcome to turn around and come back 
to our Lord. And it is our hymn of the day, Softly and Tenderly, Jesus is Calling, on page 8. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home, you who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home. Why should we tarry when Jesus is pleading, pleading for you and for me? Why should we linger and heed not his mercies, mercies for you and for me? Come home. Come home, you who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home. Oh, for the wonderful love he has promised, promised for you and for me. Though we have sinned, he has mercy and pardon, pardon for you and for me. Come home, come home, you who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner, come home. We continue with the prayers on page nine. I will pray each prayer and then at the end of each prayer, I will say, merciful God, and I ask you to respond with the words in bold print, receive our prayer. Drawn close to the heart of God, we offer these prayers for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Send us to transform a world plagued by fear and condemnation. Merciful God, receive our prayer. You make the land to produce a harvest that sustains your entire creation. Equip farmers and farm workers who till the soil. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Countries are divided and leaders often harbor grudges. 
reconcile nations that experience conflict, especially the conflict that is going on between Russia and Ukraine. Act quickly to bring an end to war. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Your people cry for help in times of distress. Hear our prayers for those who are sick or grieving, especially all who we name before you now in our hearts. Console us with the promise that everything can become new. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We give thanks for those who have died, confident that steadfast love surrounds them. Shelter them in your love until we are gathered at your heavenly banquet. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Accept the prayers we bring, O God, on behalf of a world in need. For the sake of Jesus Christ, amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God, who fills the creation with abundance, Christ, who spreads his arms in forgiveness, Holy Spirit, who draws ever near to us, bless you and bring you to life everlasting. Amen. We continue our Lenten journey knowing that we can come before our God who so loves us and ask for our hearts to be made new. Indeed, it is a wondrous love that we are loved with. Let us join now in singing verses 1, 2, and 4. The hymn is on the back page of your worship bulletin. What wondrous love is this, O my soul, O my soul? What wondrous love is this, O my soul, what wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul, to bear the dreadful curse for my soul. When I was sinking down, sinking down, sinking down, when I was sinking down, sinking down, when I was sinking down beneath God's righteous frown, 
Christ laid aside his crown for my soul, for my soul. Christ laid aside his crown for my soul. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing God's love for me. And through eternity, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And through eternity, I'll sing on. Go in peace. Jesus meets you on the way. Thanks be to God. And thank you for joining me for worship this fourth week of Lent. I hope that you have a pleasant rest of this day and a blessed week ahead.